The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on Voice America. Today we're talking about recovery, and we're talking about men in recovery. My guest is Dan Griffin. Dan Griffin is the author of A Man's Way Through the Twelve Steps, and it was published by Hazelton. He's also co-author of Helping Men Recover. With two decades of experience in the mental health and addiction field, Dan Griffin is a highly sought-after international speaker and trainer training treatment programs, drug courts, and other programs on implementing Helping Men Recover and how to improve their men's services in general. Dan Griffin is in long-term recovery. He leads men's retreat groups throughout the country for treatment programs and in the 12-step community. Welcome, Dan. Why did you write this book, A Man's Way Through Relationships? Well, it's interesting. You mentioned a man's way through the 12 steps, um, which really was an outgrowth of my master's research where I looked at the social construction of masculinity in Alcoholics Anonymous. And as I was interviewing all the men for a man's way through the 12 steps, they kept bringing up relationships. They kept talking about the importance of relationships. And as I began to think about that and it began to evolve um, in my own creative process, I also looked what was out there for men specifically, um, strictly, not couples, not women, but for men. And um, there was almost nothing uh, out there. And so I figured that was, uh, that was a great opportunity for me. Do you, think, do you think, Dan, that the issues for men – are that different than the issues for women because the whole genetic component of men is so different? You know, I, th- I think it's interesting. I mean, we're learning so much about genetics and it's it, what it is, what it isn't. And I'm convinced 20 years from now, what we think is genetics and how it's all impacted and understood is going to be different. It's such a moving piece. I mean, they, they said that the discoveries that we're having of the brain right now are comparable to the to how computers, um, our understanding of computers changed in the late 80s. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it's just this exponential understanding. So what I really look at is what, what are the ways that we're socialized? And I don't get into the genetic aspect, but there's certainly a nature-nurture tension. Um, but I think it's more like what's possible, in, in, in light of the fact that there is clearly an evolution of human thought, human consciousness, how does gender fit into that? And I try not to come from a biological deterministic mm-hmm. position. 
So, you know, the, the thing for me, Patricia, really is what's, what's possible for men? How are we going to um, support them in being who they are and, and really begin to see the, the limitations and the trappings of male socialization, which for so many men um, block them from really being, um, I think, who they have a desire to be in their innermost self. Okay, so what do you think makes your book unique and different? What are some of those unique factors? Well, I think one of the things is it's the first book that's truly trauma-informed for men. So that means that awareness about the impact of trauma and how it affects men and men's lives and men's relationships permeates the book. I would say um, I interviewed over 30 men, all with over 10 years in recovery themselves, um, and that's not, that's not been done before. And then again, I think I come from a place of, of what's possible, not necessarily how men are, but how men can be and how we see that unfold when men get into some kind of self, uh, some mutual support group or some kind of personal growth. Yeah, very, which is, which is really great. Share with us, if, share with us one of the stories that, I mean, you have so many that are terrific, but think about your message in the book and just tell us one of the stories. Well, you know, the, the stories really kind of are, are broken down according to topic and what the men, you know, each, each chapter is based on a certain aspect of relationships. So, you know, I include my story at the very beginning as a way for readers to really have a sense of a man's journey toward not only his, sharing his inner life, but sharing those things that men don't normally talk about. Um, that we are trained to kind of keep to ourselves, that we are told to have shame about, um, and that many of us carry to our death. So, you know, I share my story, and then really for the other men, it's not their story per se, it's their response to these specific topics and their journey in beginning to understand how those topics have affected their lives. And so um, when we talk about shame, the men share their experiences. I have a very uh, powerful chapter on men and trauma and so men shared their experiences from, uh, I, I've interviewed several uh, Native American men who talked about the boarding schools and the impact that that had on them, the generational impact of alcoholism and trauma. The um, I spoke with several men who were sexually abused by women when they were younger and um, challenging that myth out there that says, you know, men are the ones who are the sexual predators. Um, I talked, I mean, there were so many different um, aspects, but I think the core was that men were sharing their innermost selves with me out of a place of trust um, and vulnerability uh, to, to really bring that into the book. Now, what do you think are the effects of men for that kind of trauma? I mean, we hear about it all the time from women, you know, women who have been abused or raped. But what are the effects for men? So it's interesting. I mean, the, the whole idea of being a man, right, is uh, contradictory to having trauma. 
And so men from the very early stages are told, you know, it's not trauma. It's for your own good. It's not trauma. It's because we want you to be a better man. It's not trauma because we're protecting you. It's not trauma because she's a hot teacher who you're only in the sixth grade. But guess what? You're getting laid by the sixth grade teacher. Um, It permeates our consciousness to the point that, it's so deeply embedded in how we view men and how men view themselves and how men have kind of guarded their innermost pain that um, it's a really difficult thing to answer in one, uh, one sentence. But I think the bottom line is that men are socialized not to believe they have trauma. And one of my, you know, one of the things I say all the time is the best way for a man not to have trauma is to simply say, I don't have trauma. And yet that doesn't make it true. And that's the, that's the challenge we see with men um, all, all throughout the, the, all throughout different cultures, throughout different age groups, throughout different um, socioeconomic categories. There's this thread of masculinity that permeates so much of men's consciousness, keeping them, from acknowledging their deepest pain because it's against being a man. Yeah, that's really so interesting. And and I could really relate, although I'm a woman, I could relate to what you were saying regarding, you know, men, you don't think about men. You hear every, if you think about it, almost every story that we hear about rape or abuse is a man abusing a woman. I mean, rarely, once in a while, you'll hear about it, like the teacher. Remember, there was a, there was a woman teacher that abused this, the mm-hmm. boy. And I think later yep. she even married him or something, something like that. Right. But you don't hear that very often. And then it makes incredible, and it has to be extremely sensational even to make the news. Absolutely. So, and, and I mean, I, and I, you, you raise an incredibly important point, And I mean, that is the essence of what I'm talking about. Here's, here's how I talk about gender. Um, and I mention it in the book, and then it becomes a metaphor that not only goes throughout this book, but throughout all my work. I talk about this idea of the water. And it, it really refers to just a very brief, um, but yet profound um, parable of two fish at the bottom of the ocean. And another fish swims up, looks at the two fish and says, hey, guys, how's the water? And then swims off. And the two fish look at each other and they say, what the heck is water? And that is the reality that we're immersed in. And that is how gender shows up in our lives. And even today, even though gender is clearly changing, and it's changing for men and it's changing for women. I mean, there's more of a conversation about men and masculinity than there ever has been in our society in many, many years, probably in 40 years since the Cultural Revolution. And um, But the truth is, is I don't think it's a very conscious conversation. I don't think it's a very intentional conversation. And And so part of the water is this idea about men and violence. The whole phenomenon of trauma developed out of two things. One, out of the Vietnam War, and that was the veterans. And so trauma was immediately associated with war for men. And then women came forward and started talking, you know, and it was only 40 years ago, talking about domestic violence and sexual abuse. But in that space, every time women were talking about it, women and children were the, the, 
the victims and men were the perpetrators. And as a result of that, I'm absolutely convinced that is how we've developed this incredible myth um, about men's trauma and this incredible difficulty uh, for us to truly acknowledge the impact that uh, trauma has on, on lives of men, our relationships, and then, of course, that means our loved ones as well. So, so true. Um, we have a couple of minutes to break, then we're going to come back. So, Dan, tell us what you want the women to get out of this book, and then we'll go back to the men in the second half, but what do you want the wives and the girlfriends and the, you know, the significant others to get out of this book? Well, you know, I do these trainings around the country, and we, we train people on working more effectively with men, and very often it's female clinicians. And after the first day, they will go home, and they will have conversations with their husbands um, and their partners and their sons that they've never had the whole time they've been married or that they've known them. They begin to see they have a different level of compassion for men and men's experience and a true sense of of what it takes to be a man and hide our pain and and what might be going on in our inner lives that we have difficulty talking about. And I would say that's more than anything what I'm hoping women get out of this. It's this idea that says um, men are much more complicated. Our inner lives are much more uh, sophisticated and complex than we're giving credit. Um, And, our external behavior very often belies what's really going on with us internally, and yet it's that behavior that often um, alienates us the most from the people who could love us. Yeah, yeah, very true. All right, we're going to come back after the break and talk to you more about your book, Man's Way Through Relationships, Learning to Love and Be Loved. But how can people get your book? Any number of ways. They can go to my website, www.dangriffin.com. They can go to Central Recovery Press, which is the publisher, um, and they can also get it on Amazon and at any of the local bookstores. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, our guest is Dan Griffin. And also, um, you've written another book as well, which is A Man's Way Through the 12 Steps. And then you have a curriculum, Helping Men Recover. So, again, uh, log on to dangriffin.com, and you can learn about all of his books. We'll be right back with Dan right after the break. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Well, hello, everyone, and we are back. We are back, and you're listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. And my guest is Dan Griffin. And Dan Griffin is the author of A Man's Way Through the Twelve Steps, which is his uh, one of his books. But his newest book is A Man's Way Through Relationships, Learning to Love and Be Loved. And he's in long-term recovery. He leads men's retreats throughout the country for treatment programs and 12-step communities. Welcome back, Dan. Thank you. All right, Dan, I know you developed something called the man rules. Now, how does that work, particularly in intimate relationships? Sure. So it's a concept that's not original by any means. People have called it the man box, the male messages. Um, I call it the man rules, and I um, I really do deconstruct it significantly more so than I think I've seen it done. Um, in and it's the first chapter of of the book, and it really is looking at you know what are all the nuances behind these rules. But mm. you know the, the 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 rules. It's interesting. I've done this exercise all over the world. I've done it with young men. I've done it with older men. I've done it with different cultures. And the rules come up the same every single time. Don't cry. Don't ask for help. Don't be vulnerable. Be the sexual aggressor. Don't invest too much in relationships. He who has the most toys wins. You have to be successful you know, any any number of things. I did an exercise one time, and we had three pages full of what we call the man rules. Um, mm. But when you when you begin to deconstruct it, you begin to see all these nuances like the don'ts. Um, Nancy Chodoro talked about this, and she talked about how so much of men's identity is a negative identity, that we know much more about who we are not than who we are. Um, Implicit in that also is this large, large kind of exhortation not to be a girl. You know, don't be vulnerable. Don't ask for help. Don't cry. Don't share your feelings. All of those, if you get rid of the don'ts, we associate with girls and women. And so you get this incredible tension between how we're raised as, as boys and men and girls and women. So the man rules is really an attempt to show that, but the rules part is important because it 
it shows the coercive element of it. It shows the fact that there are things that happen if you don't follow them. When you don't follow the rules, there are responses that you get. Um, and when we're six years old, when we're even eight years old, nine years old, we don't have the ability to look at those rules and necessarily say, hey, dad, you know, you're telling me not to cry. Well, how is that working for you? You know, or, hey, mom, you know, you keep telling me that I'm your little man and that I need to do this and need to do that. Well, how's that working in your relationships? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's this it's this thing where it becomes part of our unconscious. So the man rules is a very powerful um, part of who men are, but it becomes part of the water. Men don't have a lot. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. We just, we just do it. We live by it. And we begin to think that's who we are. And we live in a society that still believes that's how men are. Well, and, and that, you know, I, I guess the next question is, not only how does that affect your relationship with women, but if you're in a gay relationship, how does that affect your relationship with another man? Is one person more, in quotes, masculine than the other? Well, so there's a couple of ways. I mean, first, I'll, I'll speak about this dichotomy that exists. So you have the man rules. And then if you think about it, what are the qualities? I mean, you, you, you talk to relationship experts all over the world. You talk to some of the greatest minds when it comes to relationships. What are the qualities that they tell us are make a healthy relationship? Well, of course, good communication is absolutely key and listening. So, Okay, good communication, listening. What else? I think, I mean, intimacy, sexuality. Otherwise, they're just friends. That's very important. Intimacy, feelings, vulnerability, trust, cooperation, collaboration. So the question that I have for you is which of those is a rule for being a man? Which which of those are, are men really encouraged to do? Men are encouraged to be vulnerable? No. Men are encouraged to trust? No. Men encouraged to share our feelings? No. Men are encouraged to give of ourselves to others and be, you know, collaborative and, and cooperative? Not really. And and so there's this incredible tension. So we have these wonderful relationship experts who are out there, but they don't necessarily talk about the fact that there's this incredible tension. Between these two incredible lists, these, these two experiences or phenomenon and, and the contradiction and tension and these oppositional forces that men experience um, very often with little awareness. Um, and do gay men experience that? Absolutely. Gay men are raised in this culture. And gay men not only internalize the man rules, and I interviewed numerous gay men for my book. And one of the things that I found in my interviews is that the art of loving, as Eric Fromm talked about, the, the, the peace of love and loving is a, is a human experience. Mm. And so, you know, it's like at, at, at one of the things that I talk about with couples is there comes a point where being vulnerable and being open is just a powerful process, whether you're a man or a woman, the male part and the man part is an artifice and the woman part is an artifice. But when you get to true vulnerability and true authentic connection, gender has very little to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing for gay men when they truly connect and are authentic. 
it's not it doesn't matter who's more masculine or feminine and yes there are in in homosexual couples there does is research that shows that there are some that carry one energy more than another but even that switches off and, all right so, and, so, Dan, so let me ask you this so we have about four minutes left so give us yeah. some tips of how can we work through this what do men need to do more of or less of what do their partners men or women need to do what are some strategies here so the book is full of that. Uh, the, at the end of every chapter, there are questions and, and assignments. I believe that men in particular, they, we learn by doing. One of the ways for men to do this is to be conscious of the rules, is to really realize how much these rules affect their lives. I have a lot of men who they start, uh, one of the, the exercises we do in our trainings is we say, just between now and when you come back tomorrow, just notice how many of these rules show up in your life and what is your response. And it's amazing what they come back with. So it's a new level of consciousness when you begin to see how much those play into your life. And you can take some of the most uh, supposedly liberal and progressive men and, you, and it's amazing how much that force still affects them. So that consciousness of the rules and how it affects in particular our relationships is huge. Um, there are exercises that men can do where we talk about, you know, what are things that you have felt shame about? What are things that you have felt shame about that you would feel comfortable sharing with anyone? What about with only a, clo- a few close people? Are you willing to share that with your partner? Um, talk about the characteristics of a healthy uh, relationship. Uh, encourage men to write down their story in increments of like, uh, from zero to five and six to ten or as children and then grade school and high school. But to think about how did the man rules and how did your ideas of being a man affect that part of your life? And what is it like thinking back to that? I have men really begin to think about what is violence? What is abuse? What is violence and abuse? What does it really look like? And how do we really get honest about that in a place that has a a, a sense of compassion, but also responsibility. So the whole point of the book is that it's meant to be a conversation, a conversation with men, but a conversation with men and their partners where every chapter they're encouraged to do this work and share it with their partner. It's really great. There's a chapter here where you talk about healing trauma or you encourage men to talk about death and loss and childhood and moving and violence and, you know, anything that has been traumatic. And, you know, you bring that to the surface by saying, find someone and talk to them about this. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the essence of it. The thing is, is that men need a safe place. Yeah. And women unintentionally oftentimes don't know how to create a safe place. And this book is part of that. When women create, get more of a sense of compassion and more sense of what men are struggling with for their inner lives versus their external they can create a safer place and they can realize that Brene Brown has talked, you know, wonderfully about that and how shame affects men and how shame affects women. Yeah. Well, this is so helpful. So helpful. Really. Uh, what would be your closing thoughts? What is your major message in this book? A man's way through relationships, learning to love and be loved. Well, you know, think about the title. The title of the book is A Man's Way Through Relationships, Learning to Love and Be Loved. Now, people have given me a hard time about that. How, how many men are going to buy a book like that? Well, you know, I could have called it Men Suck at Relationships and Here's Why or, you know, something else. But that's the cynical approach. 
And so what I really want people to walk away with is that if we create a space for men to have this conversation, if we put out there this, this quest that men have to love and be loved, if we honor it and we make it something um, that men can really feel comfortable talking about it, you will find that every man has this deep in his heart. And yet we're raised not to be able to do it. We're raised not to value it, to show how much we value it, or to even be able to do it. But it's not about our competence. And, and that's, I think, one of the big misnomers with a lot of relationship experts. It's not about teaching men how to be better men or even how to, to do relationships. It's trying to help them see all the ways we've been taught to live that get in the way of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole new paradigm, isn't it, Dan? It's a whole new way of thinking when you think about it. I, I, all the I think so. And, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was saying, I mean, even the roles of men and women today are so different than our parents. You know, where the men was the, the breadwinner and the woman was not working. It's a completely different world and a completely different way of thinking. People look now for soulmates, deep relationships. I don't think our Absolutely. grandparents were looking for that. And maybe our parents no. weren't either. No, I mean, maybe they found it and they found it in the space of connection and love, but never before have we had this. I mean, and, and this, I think, has created an abundance of confusion, but at the same time, an abundance of possibility. And that, to me, is what's so, uh, so exciting about this time. I mean, there's no question um, there is a, a, a lot um, more that we can kind of raise our consciousness about. But I think the more we can let go of who we think men and women are based on that old paradigm, we'll have a much better ability to create the relationships we, we really desire. Thank you so much for being on the program. Really appreciate yep. it, Dan. Thank All you. Right. Thanks I so much for having me. All right. Dan Griffin, author of A Man's Way Through Relationships, Learning to Love and Be Loved. You can log on to dangriffin.com. Thanks again, Dan. Thank you. Bye. All right, folks, and by uh, stay tuned with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back for a second half hour with Cheryl Rice. Where have I been all my life? Is her book. Stay tuned. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 